Hello and welcome to the End-Stage Renal Disease Treatment Choices Learning Collaborative, or ETCLC, podcast series. In these episodes, we'll hear from transplant, donation, and organ procurement organization professionals as they share their experiences, data-proven interventions, and lessons learned as we collectively strive toward our national aims for more kidneys transplanted and fewer kidneys discarded. We have a fairly aggressive immunosuppression management team uh, management process to reduce DGF and prolong uh, survival. Can you, you know, the DGF thing of all of your impressive numbers, the the DGF being less than 12%, considering the organs you're taking and the patients you're transplanting seems to be like miraculous. Can you talk, give a little more detail on what, what are you guys doing differently with immunosuppressants that's that's keeping these or getting these patients uh, kidneys functioning so quickly. Yeah, so I would say that there's a, there's one is an immunosuppression protocol change. We have two different protocols that we use for immunosuppression. Uh, one is a uh, calcineurin based immunosuppression protocol, and the other one is a non calcineurin or uh, or tacro free or calcineurin avoidance. Um, immunosuppression protocol. And we believe that when we take uh, organs that are challenged, whether they're injured through the donation process, whether there's shock or DIC in the donor, um, acute kidney injury, that avoiding calcineurins early has been really helpful at early functional recovery. Um, There's a lot of data out there that really hasn't shown this story. Um, But at the end of the day, um, reducing uh, access or reducing um, exposure to TACRO has been really helpful. And so that in, in I would say 30 to 40% of our patients are on that protocol. And the other protocol is a TACRO-based protocol for, for organs that we expect immediate graft function, uh, either through living donation or organs that uh, based on the KDPI or short call time that we expect to have immediate function. And so that has been greatly helpful. Another uh, approach to that is an aggressive use of diuretics um, and, and limiting volume. And so one of the uh, greatest risks to patients after transplant is hypervolemia uh, and fluid overload due to cardiovascular risk. And so we have a very aggressive uh, program that minimizes fluid resuscitation early after transplant. So if you don't develop hypervolemia and fluid overload and hyponatremia, you don't need to dialyze patients as frequently and can avoid dialysis as the ATN recovers uh, with aggressive use of diuretics. So that medical uh, program, that aggressive medical style has really helped at reducing uh, the need for early dialysis. And that starts from post-op day zero through post-op day four, which is our average length of stay. Yeah. I want to just point out, like, is this great for the patients? But it, it solves some of that capacity problem that we have because you don't have to keep these patients in hospital beds that you don't have. It solves some of your financial problems. If they're not in the hospital costing a lot of money, you're you're not losing money on, on, on these transplants as well. Um, so I think it's just, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I hope the audience really takes up on and like, there is, you can eliminate some of these issues and create more capacity and the ability to be successful uh, in a number of measures um, by solving some of these problems that we've kind of taken for granted, like you're going to have higher DGF with marginal organs. It's not necessarily true. 
And along the same line, Kevin, I would say that um, aggressive machine perfusion has, I've always been a proponent. We pump 90% of our deceased donor kidneys. Um, about 20% get pumped at the OPO level and transported in, and another 60 or 70% get pumped here at on site. And uh, machine perfusion has also been shown to decrease DGF. Uh, we did our own internal study that showed that pumping kidneys internally reduced length of stay by one day and increased our uh, margin uh, of our financial margin by $10,000 per transplant. So we reduced cost, increased revenue, um, and reduced length of stay at the same time. And so it's helped patients and it's actually helped the program improve our uh, financial margins at the same time. People say pumping's too expensive, you have to hire personnel. You have to buy pumps, you have to rent the equipment or, or buy dispo disposables. But with all that put into effect, we've actually saved money by pumping more because we transplant more and reduce length of stay, which is the key to an optimal um, uh, P&L for a kidney transplant program, as you're aware. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ETCLC podcast series. We encourage you to steal shamelessly, as we say, any recommendations and best practices shared by the presenters and their organizations. We encourage you to listen to our other podcasts that help support and improve your transplant work. Also visit our LinkedIn page, ETCLC. Follow us on X, formerly Twitter, at ETCLC1, and check out our YouTube channel for more resources available at ESRD-ETCLC.